you have just been invaded by. Hey there, guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room, and you're listening to Slope's Cast, recorded live on Twitch on the 28th of January 2020. In today's show, we'll be talking about the return of Resident Evil, Turrican's new flashback collection, Sonic Modders yet again going crazy with the Taxman mobile port, a long-lost Tomb Raider game making a comeback, the merging of Mario 64 and GoldenEye 64, the price increase and the decrease of Xbox Live, and of course, as usual, we'll be discussing this week's Kickstarter of the week. All of that and more with my co-host Grizzly Cryden and guest star Mike Towns. As always, if you have topics that you would like us to cover, then please do make your way over to the Slopes Game Room Discord server, and of course, if you would like to be in for a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. It really does help the production of the show. So here we go with uh, topic number one. Honestly, I haven't actually played this, but uh, yeah, there's, there's no way you can get away from the crazy hype that is Village, aka Resident Evil 8. But um, Grizzly, you are someone that has been playing the uh, Resident Evil Village demo that recently popped up and uh, got much to say on this one. So first off, Resident Evil Village looks great. Um, mm-hmm. I did play the demo. Um in 4K, like if you've got all of the the gubbins, like 4K, PS5, and all of that, one um, well done you because PS5s are like gold dust. But also, <laughs> uh, the game looks absolutely stunning, and it's truly it, it's like the first glimpse of next generation that I think we will actually see because oh, it wow. runs really smoothly at full 4K resolution. It looks stunning. The only thing I will say about the demo, though, if you're on PS4 or any other platform and you're looking at it with envious eyes, you're not really missing much. There's not much to see. Um, <clears throat> so just to just to give you a brief overlook, I mean, there's not much in the way of spoilers. Uh, you kind of walk through a prison. You walk through like a mansion scene. You see really nice decor on the walls. You do a you do a little little puzzle, and it's pretty much over. Um, but to, to be able to see that world, to see that characterization, it looks really neat and it plays really well. I'm really excited for the main game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it does look beautiful. I've only seen footage of it. I've not actually had a go on this myself, but I will be. Um, I probably will be deleting Balan <laughs> putting this in its place. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it looks so brilliantly eerie. Um what a shift over since since uh, you know, um, Resident Evil Seven and Eight have come along from the earlier games. Um, do, do you like the the newer games compared to like the older tank controlled Resident Evil games? Would you say? Definitely. I mean, I love it when Capcom does this whole renaissance thing. I mean, it worked really well for Resident Evil Four. Resident Evil Four is one of my favourite games on mm-hmm. from the GameCube and PS2 era. In fact, I would probably say it's my favourite from that era. Oh, um, wow. And this seems to be harking a lot back to that so you've got the merchant back you've got the attache like infantry management and you've got that general idea of you know the enemies themselves not particularly scary but um it's how you handle it and how you manage your resources yeah that matters yeah. but it's also got a bit of that new and the one thing i'm a bit mixed on with the new resident evil titles and the remakes that they've done is that they always seem to have this one enemy who you can't kill 
until the, the game allows you to do so in the final boss fight. Um, that kind of just trudges around Arena and you've got to either dodge them or hide from them. That doesn't necessarily feel like Resident Evil to me, but I also understand that that's kind of the, the trope that people subscribe to horror games for. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it. And Jack Baker, the, the main villain or the, the villain that was highly advertised in Resident Evil 7, turned out to be one of my favourites from the series. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the, the giant vampire lady that everyone's lusting over. And, <laughs> they are, um, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, just look at her. How could you not? Um, and then also the Bloodborne fella. Um, you, you know which one I mean. I mean, comes up straight after yeah. it says Village here. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It looks it looks good. It plays good. And uh, I can't wait to see what they uh, do story-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I don't think I'd be able to handle a woman like her, if I'm honest. I think I would feel a bit... Uh, Inadequate, I think. I'd, uh, I, I, I don't think I'd. Uh, <laughs> I think you'd have to go somewhere else. Have you had much uh, experience with this one, Mike? Uh, I didn't know the demo was out on like PS4. Also, uh, I thought it was only out on PS5, but I'm gonna have to give it a shot because I liked most of the Resident Evils. Like mm-hmm. Seven was like really good. I thought like cool sort of shift, and this seems to sort of like follow that. I couldn't finish Seven. Um, I bought it and. I played it in VR and it just freaked me out so much. I was so scared in Resident <laughs> Evil 7. I couldn't do it. And um, and I couldn't bring myself to play it like just standard because I was like, no, 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 I've bought this for the VR, you know, and I'm going to play it in VR. And I just couldn't I couldn't do it. I was so scared in that game. Um, I, I did the entire game in VR for PlayStation Country. And I'll tell you what, both I was, I was genuinely blown away. Um, like graphically it didn't matter because you know if you the problem with vr right is if you see it on the big screen and then go to vr vr doesn't look as good let's just face it it's oh, no, it's a screen door effect it doesn't look nice but the the, the level of control the level level of immersion uh for resident evil 7 and vr was just astounding and it was it was really added to that sense of dread and scare but playing the whole game man that's a long stint in vr yeah, I bet. I, I think I'll go back and play it properly. Maybe I'll do it as a Twitch stream again. <laughs> I keep saying all these things I might do on Twitch, but uh, yeah, I think I need to. But maybe I'll get it in prep ready for the uh, uh, for when this one comes out. But uh, do you know if this one's coming in VR? It isn't at the stage, but considering he's using the same engine as Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. um, chances are there's probably like a developer mode hidden somewhere and you could probably unlock it using you know magical trickery because you know modders are amazing and they they love doing stuff like this so yeah i'm I'm, I'm, I'm secretly hoping they don't (laughs) secretly hoping they don't so you don't get to see big lady in in the vr vision though oh my god imagine the selling point on that my god i guarantee it that'll be the reason why the vr gets made for this game <laughs> majorly yeah majorly my god if, if there isn't a uh a vr cosplay porno version of this already like man you know it's being made you know it's being made it's mate <laughs> you're on to a winner mate the, the the trailer came out last week literally while we were streaming last week and i'll guarantee it the morning after there was rule 34 every yeah absolutely absolutely i mean it, yeah but gameplay wise it looks fantastic it looks just like the other one so and the other one was fantastic number seven was fantastic so this is um continuing on with that path it's been um it's been a good few years now isn't it since that one so they're not rushing them out it's good 
yeah, they're kind of filling the gaps of remakes and remasters and what have you, giving people what they want. Mm-hmm. And ever since Resident Evil 7, they've been on like this whole new trajectory, which, you know, after Resident Evil 6, they desperately needed. So I'm really... It, it's, it, I don't think it can fail at this stage. No. No, I don't think it will. I don't think it will. It'd have to, it'd have to do something pretty spectacular to fail. But um, yeah, it's exciting. I still think in regards to these remakes, they should have remade Veronica before they've done... Uh, the next one's four, isn't it? Yeah, they should have done Veronica before Code Veronica. But, yeah. As long as they don't remake Survivor. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And on to uh, the uh, next topic, uh, which is Turrican Flashback, which I've also been streaming tonight. Uh, so if you are listening to this on podcast services or on my second YouTube channel, please come over to Twitch and watch me play these games. I'm still quite new over there. I'm, it's like I'm starting all again. So come and watch me play Turrican Flashback very, very badly. Um, but yeah, John B was the guy who suggested this over in my uh, Discord. And basically, yeah, Turrican Flashback is launching on Switch on the 29th. Uh, as of the recording of this um, episode, tomorrow uh, on the Switch. And it brings four Turrican games, which is the ones I've been playing tonight. So Turrican, Turrican 2, um, uh, Mega Turrican, and Super Turrican. What are people's thoughts? Uh, got much on this one, Grizzly? Yeah, I mean, like, Turrican is a series I didn't really give pay much attention to when I was younger. But it's one of those ones that I've kind of discovered over the years reading uh, retro gamer uh, articles mm-hmm. and seeing seeing just the odd bit and bits and pieces and also looking back at the history of factor five the guys who made rogue squadron because they're fantastic and very technically minded but um so it's a series i'm slowly warming to but Mm -hmm. i think my first real like foray into the game series was when i picked up my analog super nt which is if people don't know it's the like a really souped up super nintendo made by uh, third party people but Super Turrican 2 Director's Cut was built into that, um, and Super Turrican Director's Cut was built into those, those that console for the first time. And truly fantastic game, um, mm-hmm. with some of the best music going on a 16-bit platform. Oh, it's right up there. It's right up there. And um, for those that don't know, it was uh, actually one of the influences from uh, Yuzo Koshiro to get into the whole game. Um, uh, Yuzo Koshiro of Streets of Rage, plus many other games, uh, but primarily known for Streets of Rage. Uh, yeah, um, quality, quality games. I'm much more of a fan of the later releases in this particular. Uh, I think this is like the first set of the flashbacks. Um uh, I'm, I'm more into the Mega and the Super rather than the original Turrican and Turrican 2. I think that's probably quite common for most people, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, it's it's great. It's absolutely great. And I, I, I'm really, really enjoying playing through them. Um, in fact, as I was playing them a little bit earlier on after this uh, podcast, I'm probably going to continue playing them. I'm, I'm currently <laughs> playing them on the PlayStation 5, but I'll I'll be getting them on the Switch. The Switch is my go-to system for, for, for games like this, for sure. Yeah, this is built for to be a re- a Switch retro collection Portable. for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah for sure. Have you have you had have you had much uh, love with these series uh, this series, Mike? Uh, similar story to Grizz, where like didn't see it a whole lot when I was younger, but knew it existed. Mm-hmm. Saw it in magazines and videos and stuff, then played a few of them. But uh, I didn't know the music was that good. That was like nuts. Oh, it's really good music. It's fantastic music, but yeah. Um, it's one of those things, um, they, they kind of got right from the beginning. They didn't really add too much throughout all of the extra releases they did, but um, yeah, I would like I say they nailed it first time. So. <laughs> it's, like, it's the kind of stuff I'm going to start like looking up remixes for to DJ and stuff. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, yeah, this Super Turrican includes the uh, Director's Cup previously released, like you say, on the Super NT and as uh, an untouched, fully fledged Turrican title. So that's uh, nice to hear. Very good. Very good. Thank you, John B, for sending that one over. Now, as we were talking earlier about awesome modders out there doing their thing, Oh, this is so good. This is so good. So for our next topic, Sonic Modders have added an in, uh, interesting new viewpoint using the Taxman port code. So you may have remembered on the last podcast we talked about that um, uh, hackers had basically, or modders, had basically worked out how to get the originally mobile ports of Sonic 1 and 2, which is often looked at as the very best Sonic 1 and 2 versions out there, and they're getting them onto PC in places like PS Vita and stuff like that as well. And now they're doing uh, interesting new uh, ports. Was that the dude who made Sonic Mania and stuff? He made those ports? It was, yeah, Taxman. So um, the guys behind like Headcanon Games and what have you. Um, so this is a very visual one, so I'll, I'll try and... Um, describe it for the people who yeah. listen to on the uh, on Spotify or the like. So imagine if imagine if you will, you're back in the 90s <laughs> and you're looking through a walkthrough of Sonic One and Sonic Two. Um, what you would usually get is essentially like a pasted map of the yeah. entire world of Sonic uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And what's <laughs> really cool is that someone's made that playable, and yes. all they've done is essentially adjust the resolution of the sonic game into like a full um 4k ratio so you see everything working at the same time so right now we're watching chemical plant zone and it just looks fantastic it's just like a full map and you can see every moving part you can see where all of the platforms cycle into place and i just look at it and i'm just thinking like this is fantastic could i actually play the full game like this it looks like a level creator like level almost yeah it's so so cool so yeah exactly like that so when you see these um faq things online these strategy guys and you see like the the big double spread of the entire level and you uh, you know so you can see how you're going to be able to take your path you you can actually literally play the game like that as a tiny little sonic right there and um oh it's so so cool like being able to to, to work out where you'd be able to do the perfect jump to get to a higher point in the level and that stuff. I'm definitely going to work my way through and actually uh, uh, try and stream an entire Sonic 2 playthrough like this. Sonic 2 is one of the greatest games of all time and I'm always well interested in finding new ways to play it. So this is this is music <laughs> to my ears. This is so, so cool. Um, definitely excited to try this one out. Uh, and yeah, thanks to uh, LV4, LV54 Space Monkey over in my Discord for, su- for suggesting this topic. It's... It's awesome. My my eyes aren't like handling it. You you I I I think you need like a really large screen to appreciate this one. I mean, and also it's clearly not designed to work this way because if you can see right at the end of the video, uh, again describing it for the people um, listening just without the visuals, um, mm-hmm. Robotnik spawns in um, long before <laughs> the uh, the ending portal is touched, so it just yeah you know. It doesn't quite work right, but it's it just visually visually impressive. Yeah, it's it's very very cool. It's very cool. <laughs> I'm gonna see what I can do. I think I'm gonna have to have a play for it. It's 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 too too fun. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, definitely worth keeping an eye out. And I'm so excited to see what else they're gonna be able to do with the uh, the original Taxman ports uh, of this. Like, give us more absurd ports like this, please. This would look really cool on a cinema screen. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh my god, I've got my projector set up in the garage. Oh mate, this is gonna be done. And Do I've it. got um, ultra wide monitors as well, two of them. So I could like <laughs> imagine this lengthy level. It'd be fantastic. So yeah, yeah, definitely checking this one out. So yeah, again, thanks to LV54 um, Space Monkey over in Discord for uh, doing this one. Yeah, on to the next topic. This one was actually suggested by me. Big, 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 big fan of the very original Tomb Raider. I loved that game. Everything about that game. The music. Actually, I've got an episode coming up all about the original Tomb Raider. Not a good one, actually. It's a Kickstarter, kick scammer episode. But moving on from that, the very original Tomb Raider for its 10th anniversary was at one point getting a sort of HD remake, would you believe? And it was coming out for the PSP. For whatever reason, this never ended up happening. And um, it's come to light, and it's now actually fully playable. You can actually see this now. And this this is mind-blowing for me. Like, I know this, the, the, the first half of this game, I know very, very well. Uh, I've only ever completed it a few times. But being able to see this in, well, sort of PSP HD, it's obviously not perfect hd yeah. it's it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's crazy it's crazy it, it, you know from the um from the the triangle boobied version of the original uh before they started to market her as a sex symbol i don't think they realized what they had in their hands the first time around <laughs> i think i think but, they, um, they might have had something in their hands at the time but we won't go into that um <laughs> 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 uh, no um it's it is, it is super impressive. I mean, the fact that this is running on the PSP, it's got really like impressive lighting, volumetric stuff. It's fan, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. But what's really great about this is it recently came to light, and the core design guys, um, of course, designed this, um, released the game, as you say. Um, but not to mention they they gave us like a full history on what happened to this. So this game uh, was cancelled. And then later yep. became a pitch for both a National Treasure movie tie-in or, and an Indiana Jones tie-in, and it was yep. it was shopped around to various like different like studios, but nobody really picked it up. So it's a damn shame, and it never yeah. came to pass. I mean, it looks pretty good to go to me. They've definitely improved the controls because obviously the original um, is heavily tank based. That those tank controls, and this one does look a lot more free flowing. Um, you end up having to work your way around those tank controls and learn to work with them, obviously, for the original. So it does make me think, would this be an incredibly easier game? Because, you know, like I say, they, they, they've put in a, a much more refined and updated control system, uh, being that it was 10 years later. Uh, I'm definitely going to be giving this a go myself. But um, it just it just baffles the mind, like, what other incredible uh, th- th- games like this are out there that we just have never, ever heard of? And also, what kind of what kind of playable states they were in? Uh, also, oh, yeah. worth mentioning, uh, happy twenty fifth birthday, Lara! It's uh, it's her twenty fifth anniversary this year, so it's probably the reason why this came out. Oh, true. Twenty fifth this year, is it? Right. It is. Yep. Got to get that complete history done this year, then. Oh, Big time. Definitely. I was I was chatting to um, Square Enix personally about doing a complete history on this, and a good few years ago now, and they were very excited about doing it with me, and I just kept putting it off because I know it's going to be such a big video. But um, it's my 2021 New Year's resolution, I suppose, is working on those big videos. Not getting them out weekly anymore, but uh, in in place of putting out the bigger, bigger videos and obviously starting that off with Castlevania, I think this year might be the year we do Tomb Raider. I think it needs to be done because um, oh, I've got massively nostalgic vibes from this this is this is all this is all well you heard it here first guys (laughs) complete history of tomb raider 
I've been teasing complete histories and <laughs> since the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I think like the second or third one I was ever going to do was dizzy, but uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Just remember, but, uh, Dan, yeah. you only get one twenty-fifth anniversary. You do, you do. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll, I, if I don't, I'll wait to the thirtieth, so I probably should get on it. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah, there is a Eurogamer article that goes into a lot more detail, as uh, Grizzly said there, um, and it's definitely worth a read, explaining about like you know how they just tried to pitch this for so many other things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, uh, it's a good bit of uh, gaming history right there, happening as we speak. Not a not a bad thing. Never a bad thing. Moving over to our next topic, Mario. Mario goes postal on Peach's castle with this golden eye mod. <laughs> I believe um, Mike Towns, you were the guy that suggested this particular one. So, did you want to yes. take the floor with this? What, what are we actually looking at here? What are we? Uh, what are we talking about? This uh, golden eye Mario uh, mod. It is a mod for the ROM, which I tried to get it working, and I couldn't myself but it looks pretty cool we're uh, pretty much taken the outside of peach's castle and the inside from mario 64 and turning it into a golden eye level <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy i'm looking at it here and it, they have actually got it it is it is literally a golden eye game because you look at it and you think it's a super mario 64 mod but it's actually the other way around like it it plays it looks like it plays exactly how you'd want a golden eye game to play like the dialogue is kind of cringy but like everything else is pretty top notch yeah i mean well if it wasn't cringy i think i'd be a bit upset like this sort of thing is cringe um, (laughs) it's very very cool very very cool um there really isn't much else to it but if you want to play mario 64 in a golden eye viewpoint (laughs) with a gun (laughs) and shooting coopers before it gets like dcma yeah, yeah. I mean, it's on the internet. That's never going away now. Uh, I can't imagine Nintendo giving this away with their, you know, their My Nintendo <laughs> subscription points. <laughs> the next All Stars. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, this is this is their own fault for not giving us uh, Mario Galaxy Two in the first place. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is this is fantastic. You can't go into um, the paintings, yeah, unfortunately, I- though. So say that again. Well, you can't go into the paintings, unfortunately. But like, from the looks, it's all the way up to the first Bowser star sort of stairs. Yeah, someone's clearly modded this for like keyboard and mouse control in the video. It's far too smooth. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it looks great. I mean, yeah, I mean, like just the merging of the two games, two very incompatible games, I'll add. This is impressive. <laughs> Absolutely. How far does this, how, how, how far have they actually got with this? Uh, up, up to the star room. Oh, no, no, it goes right up to the uh, the last one. Um, so the last star room. Oh, okay, nice. They've even put in the objectives. You have to kill each Bowser, then get to the top and kill that Bowser, and it's got even got cinematics and everything. It's impressive. Because I think it's about like half an hour or so, like worth. It's great. It's great. Yeah. A- again, perfect stream material for anyone out there that's interested. Definitely check this out. It's a great, great little mod. There's some great stuff out there for sure, and this is uh, another one of them. I, ho- I hope it gets counted as like storyline canon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moving over to the uh, topic that's probably going to uh, bring this on a little bit here. Uh, the Microsoft has increased the price, or said they were going to be increasing the price of the Xbox Live, and then they didn't. <laughs> Grizzly, take the floor with this, mate. Oh, I've got a few theories on this one. Right, so <laughs> ge- general story is, so 
earlier, uh, sometime last week or earlier in the week, um, Microsoft announced that they were going to increase a monthly subscription. And I'm going to go by dollar prices here. Uh, so $1 on top of a monthly subscription, $5 for a three month subscription. So that brings up to 20 and then six months uh, to be increased to $59.99, uh, $60 essentially. Now, mm-hmm. what was it? What would what was it beforehand? So that it used to be sixty dollars for a whole year. So eye-wateringly, this would have meant. And bear in mind that the twelve-month subscription has been removed. It would cost you one hundred twenty dollars for a full year of Xbox Live. That's without Game Pass. I'll add. Wow. So naturally, there was a backlash, and yeah. almost uh, within forty-eight, twenty-four to forty-eight hours, Microsoft released a statement on their website saying that they've messed up. Um, and then they're going to go back to the pre-price hike uh, prices. But um, there's, a, there's a lot of questions as to why they did this. And it's it all seemed to be, and a lot of people made the same assumption as I did, about uh, they wanted everyone <clears throat> to go to Game Pass. Because Game Pass, comparatively, is, is an excellent deal. Cause you get it is a, bunch, a good deal, yeah. You get a bunch of great, great games. Um, I'm actually a subscriber myself. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. I love the fact that I'm getting new titles like the the medium game that's launching tomorrow. Um, but just in general, like the whole idea of Xbox Live, it's it's kind of dead now. You you don't just buy an online subscription to play online anymore. You buy it to get all of this like these fringe benefits. So, but the problem is, I believe in a way that the uh, this this kind of strategy worked for them because. A lot of people realize it thinking that Xbox Live is going to go up would have just gone over to Game Pass because it was more or less the same price Mm -hmm. for a full year, $120, and you get so much more for your money. So the people in that 24 hours who made that knee-jerk reaction, and bear in mind there are still people on Facebook feeds and Twitter everywhere still complaining about the price hike. I believe that it's almost been a bit of a strategy just to get people to switch over. Hmm... So I don't know. It, it's a real, it's a real bit of a mess and classic Microsoft 180 situation, bringing back the spirit of Don Matrick all over again. Yeah, I, I, for me, it's not. Um, I, I, I just think it's, 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 it's a real ballsy thing to do, considering you, you have a system that doesn't even have any exclusive games on it anyway. Like you need to be garnering to your audience a lot more, in, in, in a much better way, and. Um, well, obviously, better way because they they went back back on it, didn't they? But uh, I, it just makes me like them less, and I, I'm not a big fan of Microsoft Xbox anyway. Um, I really want to because I love the original Xbox and I love the 360. But since then, I've just really not enjoyed the way they've they've done things at all. Um, and I know like Game Pass, like you say, is a fantastic deal. It really is. I I have it for free on the PC. I never bloody download any games for it, but I always feel like the best games out there are your first party games and. I feel like Xbox just they sit on that Game Pass so much and that all they care about is getting people over to Game Pass and rather yeah. than actually doing first party games because when they do first party games they're bloody awesome. They need to get more out. Well they're not they're, they're not in the software game, they're in the ecosystem. No, game, they really let's are, just face they are. it. They they want they want to be Apple, they want to be Facebook and uh it's starting to work for them and for better or worse. Um but one of the things that really uh there's a gentleman in the in the chat, gentleman or gentle lady, don't want to assume, <laughs> um, Zalatot, who's mentioning uh, free games don't need Xbox Live anymore. Yeah. That's actually another reaction to the backlash. So let's just let's just picture the scene. Um, your little Timmy, 
you want to play a bit of Fortnite, you've got an Xbox. Everyone else has got PS4 or PS5, Nintendo Switch. On every other platform, you do not need to buy. A, you did not need to buy a subscription service to be able to play Fortnite because it's a free-to-play game. Mm-hmm. On on Xbox, up until last week, you had to spend at least forty pound or sixty dollars to be able to play per year your your free-to-play game Fortnite. It just shows you how backwards they were, and also kind of shows you the intent that Microsoft was trying to do. So not just the price increase, we're talking about things like 24-hour check-ins. Do you remember the whole backlash about yeah, Xbox yeah. One going digital only? They're pushing towards that now. I mean, you can see a digital-only console. You can see uh, 24-hour check-ins for anything digital. Oh, I, I think we're definitely within the last one or two generations to have a, even a disk drive, potentially. Yeah. I, I hate the idea of thinking like that, but potentially. Yeah. Oh, what a horrible future. <laughs> Microsoft are always pushing their customers to see what they can get away with. They really they, are. But but to, truth be told, they do listen to them when they, when they shout back. But it, it's going to get to the point where they're going to stop listening and they're just going to do it. So... It just shows you where they want to be, yeah. And it's up to it's up to people to complain and you know mention what's wrong with it. So I really do feel like when that time happens, when you know you got the big players like your Sony and your Microsoft actually do go full digital with the PlayStation Six and possibly Seven uh, and Xbox. I don't know what fucking number they'll give it by this point, um, but they. I think that's when the gaming market will open up to some brand new players. Because then it's anyone's game. Sega will come back. It, yeah. I, who knows? Uh, because it doesn't really matter about game systems by that point when that happens. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're talking about Android boxes taking over um, to a degree and it's starting to happen for the likes of... Well, it's not going to happen with the Atari VCS. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> got it behind me. happen with the Atari VCS. I know. <laughs> Look at that thing. It's just like a little weight on your shoulder. It is. Um, but to... But to close this section, I, I hope people don't mind, but considering um, Xbox Live and subscriptions are such a thing now and people do want these access to these services, I thought I'd just give one of these little like money-saving tips, and that is uh, about Xbox Live Game Pass. So there's a method in which to get Game Pass for a full year for £60 uh, or the equivalent in the States. And the way you do that is accept that £1 um, three-month subscription for Game Pass and then start stacking 12-month uh, EA Access codes. Those codes cost about about $20 or less. Um, and they give you four months of Game Pass each. Stack it up four times, you've got four years of Game Pass, full year of Game Pass for less than 60 pounds <laughs> so that is that is the way to do it there's always a loophole and never buy rrp when it comes to subscriptions there you go yeah there i actually don't have a subscription i i, I do actually know i have one for um i have loads outside of gaming i have one the only one i have is nintendo online but that's like 15 pound a year like, um i don't have one for my playstation 5 i don't have one for xbox obviously um and uh i i, I just I'm too old school. I, I I I bought four games for my PlayStation Five, and I've not completed any of them yet. I haven't had the time because <laughs> I'm always working on stuff. So for me, it's just like, I'll just go out and buy a game when I want it. Um, I'm a yeah, I, I'm a consumer's wet dream because I'll just go out and just buy it at full price, sixty pounds, job done. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I picked up the PS Five because I'm very much like that as a gamer. Mm-hmm. I like to buy 
what I like. But with the with Game Pass, what I will say it's quite good at is knowing that if a new game launches on Xbox what uh, Xbox Series, it's a new exclusive title, uh, exclusive in the bunny rabbit is Bolly. Um, <laughs> I I know that I can just go right. I'll just turn on the Xbox and it's going to be there. And I don't didn't have to pay a penny extra, and that's that's appealing to me. But also, I get to play things like Panzer Dragon and Auto in 4K, so that's another bonus. Nice. That is nice. That is nice, actually. Is um, uh, Jet Set Radio Future backwards? Uh, I haven't tried. I believe it is. Oh okay, yes. Okay. Oh, another stream idea right there. Oh my god, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Have you got anything to add on this mic at all regarding the uh, Xbox price hike and then price? Uh, deduction? Uh, the self-sabotage thing's a bit weird, but, mm. I mean, Xbox brand has been weird for, like, a decade now. They're so good at, good at self-sabotage. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, they they they, they fully they, they fully follow no one else's path. They go down their own way, which is a good thing. Uh, they definitely aim, <laughs> aim towards that Twitch streamer type person. I'm saying this as I'm streaming on Twitch, but, yeah, I'm very much a different <laughs> type of person, I'd, I'd like to think. Um, uh, yeah, they're they're aiming for a very specific demographic, and yeah, it, 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 they're definitely not selling to me, uh, which is a shame. Um, they need to release that game the the last night, I think it was. They teased that about six years ago. It looks freaking awesome, by the way. Uh, you you can you can have that after we get scale bound. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never they need to happen. announce a new Ori, and they need to. Uh, get on with that last the last night i believe it was that's what they need to do there might you go. be in a while i think i will be i, think I will be i haven't i haven't tried out battle toads yet uh, i need to get on that at some point yeah i should probably do that too it's okay yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm guessing it's gonna be okay okay i'm still my favorite game on the um other xbox exclusive is uh the rare replay yeah. yes that's probably the best exclusive that that console has because <laughs> it's actually exclusive and is only available for yeah. xbox that's that's pretty much it what a sad world we live in I, I i i did enjoy things like i mean obviously i love the ori games i think they're absolutely fantastic i did enjoy um sunset overdrive but that's on steam yeah, that's as right. well um, yeah, I hope they do more with that because I felt like that was a perfect first game. Like they, I reckon the second one would really, really beef that up a bit. Oh, but that was Insomniac. I mean, they're they're deep in Spider-Man video game territory now, aren't they? They are. They are. And good games as well. Very good games. Yeah, absolutely. Solid. There we go. And then this brings us to our Kickstarter link of the week. Now, I'm personally not the biggest fan of uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. However, I do know for a fact that quite a few of the people that watch my show do like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers based on the fact that I did an episode, uh, a Kickscammer series, where I talked about um, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Ranger uh, uh, rip-off movies, basically, and it done quite well. Um, yeah, this particular Kickstarter is blowing up and then some. So as of the recording of this, it's still got six days to go. It needed 41, let me find the proper conversion, Version. They needed fifty thousand dollars, and so far it has six hundred and sixteen thousand nine hundred and seventy-five dollars. So what you're looking at is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers complete comic book collections. Mm. There are some hardcore Mighty Morphin Power Ranger comic book fans. It seems we are talking big money. The cheapest pledge is a hundred dollars, but if you want them all, it, the minimum is uh, five hundred dollars. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's big. Um, EA Sports, yeah, it's massive. It's massive. Um, 
Oh, have we got any uh, Power Rangers fans in the house? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Cool. <laughs> I was getting a bit worried that it would just be me and Slopes going. I don't get it. No, like I, I grew up with it. <laughs> well, take the floor. Uh, what, do, what do you think of uh, this? Looks pretty neat. Like a, I'm one of those '90s boomers, boomer types where like I liked the first few years of this before I got out of it when I was older, and I like the first mm-hmm. couple of generations of Pokemon and etc. But the bit of this, like the part of this Kickstarter that stood out for me was the be in the comic part like oh yeah that's the kind of stuff i used to do in the playground as a kid with my friends like we'd make up ranges just from like other colors and stuff like that <laughs> like like even up fanfic stuff yeah i mean I, I had a little soft spot for it back in the day i mean i i i, I mean we mostly picked this link because it was just so impressive right i mean fifty thousand to mm-hmm. i mean i'm looking at the pound prices so just for those who are on this side of the pond, that's four hundred and fifty-one thousand three hundred and eight pounds from a thirty-six thousand five hundred and seventy-four pound goal, and that that is pretty damn good. And I'm pretty sure the last time I looked at this link, about in fact, I've got it in a document here, it's gone up a few uh, about thirty thirty to uh, fifty thousand pounds over overnight it's crazy money so it sh- it proves in some way that power rangers is alive and well um <laughs> and i've got to say that the the quality of the uh, i mean by no means i mean i'm going to say this pretty much every week that whenever we do like a link of the week it's in by no means a recommendation because of course you can never truly tell where a kickstarter project is going to go no. and the last thing we want to do is lead you down that rabbit hole the the offering that they're showing i mean the pictures and what they're going to do i mean there's standees there's a box set thing look kind of looks like the treasure chest set of uh, zelda guides if you've ever seen that um yeah it all looks really really cool and i'm sure if you're a power rangers fan you'd fallen over it so might be worth looking at unfortunately though the five available five thousand pound pledges have all gone that's nuts what does that get you put yourself in the power rangers comic all right so and you get you get signed megazord kickstarter editions year one two i mean there's six comic books worth of content here you get a megazord display standee with six holes so that thing looked really cool yeah that's that's it's it's not just cool it's unique i think because it's like it looks like a store sort of standing yeah and then you've got the an arm print signed by people i don't recognize and a full color drawing from someone i don't recognize of you as a, <laughs> of you as a power ranger which maybe but you as a power ranger you can surely not have your mask on like here here you are like is that me yeah you're wearing the mask <laughs> that that's been <laughs> That's before you morph, surely. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, um, it's doing absurdly well. Absurdly well. Um, And, you know, fair play for the people out there that like this sort of stuff. We did the same thing, both me and you, Grizzly. We both spent a heavy amount on the Earthworm Gym comics um, that that were equally, I would say. uh, Actually, I think they're, they're pretty unbeatable, actually. The amount of effort that went into making those They've got to be the best hardback comics that I own. That's so nice. I, I've yet to see a comic book Kickstarter that has gone like truly terribly. And you know, um, one thing I will say about Tanapal Earthworm Jim is he makes a damn good comic book. I mean, everything, the whole production was like high mm-hmm. quality. So, and the the Power Rangers one looks very similar in style to that. Sure. So, 
I mean, at some point we'll have to we'll have to show it all. <laughs> but yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Slopescast, recorded live on Twitch on the 28th of January 2020. As always, if you want to be part of the show, make your way over to Twitch. And if you've got news stories you want us to cover, make your way over to Discord. And finally, if you want to be in for a chance to be on the podcast, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or by becoming a YouTube member. The podcast has now become a weekly podcast. And it's because of the support from you guys that we are able to do that very thing. So until next time, guys, this is DJ Slope signing out, and hopefully I'll see you all next time.